Hey, everybody, and welcome to season two of the All About Everest podcast. And I'm your host, Pauline Reynolds Nuttall. On this podcast, you can get anything and everything about Mount Everest, including interviews, book recommendations, tips, updates, and a whole lot more. So welcome to the spring 2023 Everest climbing season. And here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the All About Everest podcast. And today's episode is an interview with Saskia Vanderdrift from the Netherlands, and she participated in the Everest Marathon in 2020. The Everest Marathon isn't something that people talk about a lot, and it's just important in the whole Everest story is trekking to EBC, climbing Mount Everest any of those things. It's just something that's not as well known. It's been occurring for well over two decades, and I'm so glad that Saskia agreed to interview with me because only since I've been involved with the Everest community with the podcast was I aware of this marathon. And so I thought it was super exciting to get to know more and Hopefully, it's something that you guys are interested in as well, because again, it is part of the whole Everest experience and it's becoming part of the Everest history. Because the last couple of episodes have been unusually long, I'm not going to cover any housekeeping or anything like that. No updates. We can get into those next week. I'm just going to give you some facts about the Everest Marathon, and then we'll jump right into the interview. So the Everest Marathon was initially established in 1985, and how it is now, it's been that way for the last two decades, so for 20 years. The Everest Marathon is the highest marathon in the world. There are three different distances. There's the Extreme Ultra, which is 70 kilometers. And up until 2023, it was actually 60 kilometers. But they've decided because Mount Everest has gotten higher, especially since the 2015 earthquake, they wanted to make one of the categories bigger and better and an even longer one to kind of celebrate that Mount Everest is much higher than it used to be. So there's the extreme ultra, which is 70 kilometers. There's the full marathon, which is 42.195 kilometers and the half marathon, which is 21 kilometers. And they all start at EBC. They limit it to 250 people, so no more than that. And looking at the numbers, it usually runs to about 200 people across all of the categories. So to get into some numbers here, uh, in 2023, there were 201 participants. 164 of them did the 42K, 20 did the 70K, and 17 did the half marathon of 21k 
In 2022, 146 did the full marathon, 15 did the extreme marathon of 16K, and 21 did the half marathon. There was no Everest marathon in 2020 or 2021. And if we go back to 2014 and 2015, they did not cancel the marathons, but there were a lot less people than uh, usually. The marathon is always held on May 29th, the anniversary of when Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay summited Mount Everest on Tenzing Norgay and Sir Edmund Hillary Day. Every single year, it pretty much has happened again. There was no marathon in 2020 or 2021. If you want to learn more information, you can go to everestmarathon.com. I had no idea that this even existed until last year. It's pretty cool. I mean, the highest marathon in the world. And I'm glad Saskia came on to share her Everest story, which is a little bit unusual from all of the climbers and mountaineers that I've had on the podcast. But I appreciate hers as well because I think it's just important. So, all right, we're just going to jump in and listen to her interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the All About Everest podcast. I want to introduce to you Saskia van der Drift from the Netherlands and her Everest story. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thanks. It's just a pleasure. So her Everest story is a little bit different than most people's that we've interviewed so far on the podcast. And so we're going to start with when. When were you first at Everest Base Camp? Um, the first time I was on Everest Base Camp was a, um, yeah, April 2015. Just a few days before the uh, earthquake, actually. And so you missed the earthquake? Uh, I depart from uh, Kathmandu on the morning of the earthquake. So I missed it. Yes. Yeah, luckily. And when you were at Everest Base Camp, you learned about an awesome experience that not most people get to participate in. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, when I was there in 2015, uh, some person told me about uh, that there was a marathon and some people uh, run down from Everest Base Camp, so the 5,300 something, uh, all the way down to Namche Bazaar. And my first reaction was, those people must be insane. It, it, it's already tough to hike here. So what are those people doing, like running down? Um, but that was 2015. And honestly, uh, seven years later, I was one of those insane people, actually. I did that. So wh why, do you, why did you decide to do it? Um, but honestly, yeah, 
I love the mountains. I like Nepal. I uh, I live below sea level here. And I thought that if I can hike up uh, that high, and uh, I did already twice a marathon, um, well, then maybe I combine I can combine uh, high altitude sports with uh, running. So that's why I decided to go uh, and uh, attain a marathon. Tell us a little bit about the marathon. How many miles is it? What is the cost? And then get into your training a little bit, because again, you're at sea level and there's a bit of an altitude gain. (laughs) That's slightly a bit of an altitude difference there. Um, I actually don't know the mileage. I think it's 26 miles more or less, uh, but it's 42 42 kilometers and 195 meters. Um, And uh, yeah, how did I train? I started like every training because everything is flat here and everything is actually more than flat. It's like a hole. And so the only um, uh, uh, like altitude training I had was going to Belgium to the Ardennes and do some, uh, 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 yeah, make some altitude meters there. That was actually the only thing I could do going to the dunes here, uh, running through the sand, um, but yeah, more was not possible. I think the real training was going up there uh, to Lukla, hike up and take more acclimatization days for me. And during those acclimatization days, I was not hanging around or doing some slow walking, but I was really like running. And I did that on Namche and Dingboche. Um, in between, I uh, ascended Island Peak. I did not summit, but uh, I ascended up to 5,950 around, uh, going down. So I was extremely fit. And what is the average cost for this marathon? For the marathon, like plane without guiding, everything, uh, it was $999. So, yeah, it's pretty expensive. Uh, On the other hand, um, there's also a cleaning uh, of Everest cleaning part of that. And uh, by that, I think, uh, yeah, it's more than worth it. So there's a couple, um, there's a couple different programs that they have for the marathon there's a half marathon, the extreme marathon, and yeah. the full marathon. So did you, which one did you do? I did the full marathon, so the 42K. And the extreme is 60 and the half is uh, 21.5. But then you do not sleep at Everest Base Camp. You are not, um, uh, you're not even attaining Everest Base Camp. So it starts from a whole different level. Oh, wow. That is insane. So you fly into Kathmandu, you trek to EBC, and that's where the marathon begins. That's where the marathon starts. Yes. Yeah. And you, you, uh, all the athletes, they arrive there two days before. So they sleep also two days in uh, base camp. And the day before the marathon, you are just doing some training, some exercising because you're 
uh, running on the ice, on the snow. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's pretty tough actually. Probably very cool. different from most marathons. When I think of a marathon, I think of something like the Boston Marathon or, yeah. you know, the local ones that we have, not running up and down through snow, through ice, through mud, dirt, or anything like that. Rain, um, wind. It's, I had all types of weather in those, um, uh, yeah, more or less 10 and a half hours. It was, it was really tough. I was looking, I was actually looking at a packing list for the marathon and it had shorts, <laughs> tank tops, layers, thermal, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. puffy jacket, snow yeah. boots, like everything, anywhere from like 90 degree weather to negative weather. Um, <laughs> well, by temperature in uh, Celsius, it is... Um, we started at freezing, so it was minus 10 uh, degrees Celsius, and uh, it got up to, yeah, we had not that good weather, actually, so uh, I finished with a lot of rain uh, in Namche, and then it was, I think, about 5 or 10 degrees, so it was, it was pretty good, but it was a lot of sunshine in between, uh, wind, and that makes your skin so sunburned. So you need to be careful with that too. And you're sweating. Um, one of the things that I notice, uh, this is always when I'm running, uh, I don't feel any hunger. And I don't need to feel the urge. Of, I don't feel the urge to eat. So I had to force myself to eat also. And that is something that I do not recognize uh, during trekking or uh, even on a high altitude. I'm always hungry. And now I, I, I run that marathon with only two Snickers and uh, two of those small bananas and um, some gel. That is not enough. So that's pretty tough also. That's interesting because usually altitude suppresses people's appetites. So the fact that normally when you're at those altitudes, you don't have any problems eating, but then, and, and you're losing elevation. So that's, that is very strange. Yeah, but it's also uh, when I'm running uh, and I think more uh, people running often, uh, they can do exercise with very very less uh food of uh, less nutrition so i had to force really had to force myself to to eat even snickers it's it's crazy and i'm not used to that actually and were you it is limited they do limit it the marathon to 200 to 250 people were you no. concerned at all that you wouldn't be able to get a spot no, because I attained already in 2021 and then it got canceled. So I had a secured uh, entry, uh, for, yeah, entry to the uh, marathon in 2022. And I think in total, there were less than 200 people. I think 197 or something. That no, was in that 2022, much. right? Yeah, there were not that much people, uh, honestly. And there were a lot of, uh nepalese people so okay nationals not that much even women were not that much i think 26 or 30 women in total 
Oh, wow. For, uh, international women. I think 26 or something. It was not that much. Um, it looks... Let's see. In 2022, it the list for 2022, it says 146. Uh, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's what it's yeah. saying. Which, yep. Well, those are just people who finished, I believe. Let me double check yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Nope, it's total 146. Yeah, that's not much. And um, uh, in a base camp, we were divided into groups. So uh, um, like the mess tents and uh, with your group, uh, you you had your uh, small campsite together, you uh, um, had food together or the meals together. So yeah, it was like a small community there. And, I and still... when you're trekking to base camp, does is the is it the whole group trekking together to EBC? Or is it kind of everyone separate and then when they get to EBC, they kind of converge as a group? Uh, that's the last, uh, yeah, last option. I uh, trekked alone, so together with my, uh, with a friend of mine, and uh, he's guiding there also, uh, and I know this guy's for many years already. Uh, so I met his uh, cousin in 2015. Um so I was alone, but I uh, on the trek I met already some people and other people. There were uh, in a in a group with the uh, organization, but I prefer to trek with him. And besides the weather and the eating, what was one of the hardest things about the marathon? Really honest, there mm -hmm. were two days after, like the marathon. It's no, well, there's one point in the marathon, um, and that is, uh, I think it's the Dola, I don't know the name uh, anymore, uh, is when you are from Lobuche down to, I think, Dimboche, then you can go up in the direction of Island Peak, and that part is endless. It's heavy in the sand, and you are only running forward and forward and it's going slightly up and you don't know any well i had no no real um notice of the time anymore and i was only thinking how long how long does this take because i know it is up to the half marathon uh, part and then you must get that uh, bracelet to come back but that took so much time. And I really, I saw people uh, crushing there. They were like gone after that part. Then you go down. Uh, when Then at one point you had the bracelet, the, the red one, uh, or the um, yeah, bracelet. And you go down. Then it's going, everything is going pretty good. Uh, you have the last checkpoint going down again down to the river and then in the tail like the pain is in the tail you had to go up like that 150 meters climb and that was also so tough there the guys 
they were all the time in front of me they were gone and there was also one part that I said okay come on I have a lot of energy still left come on just hike with me it's just your one food in front of the other nothing do nothing else and we were also helping each other it was very good but um those were two killing points actually and so two days later was the worst part <laughs> Yeah, there was in in um, last year because there was the plane crash of uh, Tara Air. Oh, yep. And then all the planes had to be checked, and it was just that day that uh, uh, we were hiking down. No planes. The weather was bad, so we had to decide. And I had some pain in my knee. I think that's normal after this exercise. And then there were no planes. And in Lukla, uh, when you are, uh, you, 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 um, uh, reserving a spot in the airplane. But uh, if you are for the next day, you are on the backside of the uh, waiting line. So a lot of people would come, like maybe uh, 200 people would come. So if the planes are not uh, there, then I'm back back. And then also we don't have any reservation in the hotel anymore. So that was quite a problem. So then we decided by group, uh, because then I was not alone anymore. My husband was there, my sister was there, and uh, the other guys were there. Uh, we decided, okay, then we walked down also. Does not take the plane by Lukla, but we hike down and we see what's going on. And then it means like after the marathon, two days of 10 hours of hiking, that's pretty tough. Yeah, that hiking. <laughs> it is unexpected hiking. That that's a lot of hiking. I I normally won't do more than five hours per day in the mountains <laughs> hiking. Like that's enough for me. Um, it was 30 hours in three days. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. I, don't, I could not do that. Um, is it something that you would do again? Yeah. And with your trekking and with doing the marathon, would you ever consider climbing Mount Everest? I will never climb Mount Everest. Uh, well, honestly, <laughs> uh, seven years ago, I said I will never uh, do the uh, Everest Marathon. But um, no, no, I don't feel uh, the urge to climb uh, Everest. Also, due to all the commercialization and uh, use of a lot of oxygen and and um honestly also the way the the porters and the the animals are treated so for me that's quite a concern i i prefer to improve the quality of life of the the porters and the animals before uh i will think about that and uh honestly but i think that is a different discussion uh I don't know if it necessarily is because we talk all the time, all the time about commercialization. We talk about the rights of the Nepalese, um, but I don't think anyone has brought up 
the animals because a lot of gear and stuff is brought with animals up to Everest Base Camp. You're a you are a veterinarian, is that correct? No, no, no. I uh, I worked for 15 years as physical therapist. And why did where did I get that you were a vet? Oh my god! No, no, no. I love animals. We have uh, some animals here also, but I'm not a vet. I uh, but I'm really concerned about uh, animal rights and the oh no, well the treatment of animals, honestly, because um, I realized that when we are going there, we are part of the system that uh, keeps that uh, um, a way of treating. Uh, the, the 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 porters and the animals uh, that way. I think, uh, well, I also saw compared to what I saw here, I saw the way that, the, uh, for example, the people in Pakistan, how they treat their animals. And in April, I was, um, I was in, in Pakistan and what I saw there, there was one of the animals, one of the donkeys were not was not able to carry the load because it was too it was not too heavy. Um, she was too weak during the circumstances with le uh, less food, etc. So we picked up all uh, the the load on our own backs, and she was unloaded hiking, walking with us. She was very very anxious to cross a bridge. They just lifted the animal up and carried her over the river. It's something we cannot understand. And I hope that at one time in Nepal, they will treat their animals like that. And that, that was in Pakistan, right? That was not in Nepal. No, that was and what in, it not in Nepal, but I'm I'm absolutely sure that in Nepal people can uh, uh, treat your animals like that too. Definitely. And was there anything in particular that you saw in Nepal concerning animals that you can think of? Uh, what do you mean? Um, like, was there any mistreatment that you saw while you were in Nepal? Yeah. Or it's just a hope that they will treat them as well there as they do in Pakistan. Now, what I saw, and uh, that was during this trekking, uh, the wounds on the, the backs of the animals were uh, over their whole spine, like everywhere where a blanket or where the, the, the package uh, things are up, it was all undone. There were no skin anymore. They were bleeding. Um, when they were just not walking fast enough, they were um, uh, there were stones like those big rocks uh, thrown at them. Um, I think that is not the way that people need to treat their animals. And I understand they need to make money, and uh, this is also due that the, the, the prices are lowering. It's almost it's it's always cheaper and cheaper to go. Uh, to to do the trekking um, and we when, when you go up wherever you are ex except for a base camp uh, you can there's so much choice of food you can eat pizza you can eat pasta rice dough um, even I think even french fries and that is maybe not necessary maybe just 
turn it around, going back to basic. We eat what is necessary. That does make a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. Um, do you have any plans of going back to Nepal anytime soon? Um, well, it's itching again. There's still that mountain <laughs> that I didn't climb. And uh, as you also know, the, the base camp is um, uh, changing place. So in 2024, I thought it was last year, mm. uh, the base camp will be uh, near uh, Gorakshap. And not I... I, last I heard is, and this was a couple months ago, is that it's they're planning on keeping it where it's at for now, but that could change. It's Nepal. So, yes, yes, like last year and even the end of 2022, uh, they said it will be changed over to the uh, solid ground um, nearby uh, Gorakshep. But then I was thinking, how can be? Because near Gorakshep, there's no water. Right. Um, this was the last update that I saw was just two months ago that they're keeping okay. it as is. So who, again, it's Nepal. You never know. They could tomorrow change their mind yeah. Yeah. and it may or may not make sense at all so yeah but the well, place that like also that that marathon it's so magical and um we had so much fun really like uh all uh um people from everywhere in the world like cultures everything we could all we were all together and enjoying our our stories our uh, excitement uh, we were running together we were helping each other there was one woman and at one point she uh, was hanging next to uh, some stones and I was are you okay and she was like really hyperventilating I think what's going on here and her husband was gone and he had all the water and um, so I think yeah I can run on but I'm not an elite runner I just enjoy everything I do and uh, I'm in the middle part so I stopped and asked her okay what is going on here and she was not talking very good anymore. Really, it was um, bullshit, actually, what she was talking. I could not understand. Oh, no. It. So, okay. And as I work as a physical therapist, I know what I need to do now is calm her down and try to get some water in her, everything. And she started to, to act normal again. But at that moment, her husband came back and he said, where were you? I said, I can ask you, where were you? You were, this is her birthday, actually. And you are not even here with the water. She is a real problem. Please don't hike or run that fast because she really, really needs you. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, yeah, but, and I said, no, 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 it's not a competition. You live now. Your wife is married. Is 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 it is her birthday today? So please 
stay together from now on. She really needs you. And then she was talking <laughs> a little bit more and more, and she was calming down. And then the hyperventilation stopped. Um, and later on, I, I spoke with her, and she was so uh, happy also um, with everything that happened and that she can go on. And I think those moments are very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us more information about the Everest Marathon because it's an experience that most people may not even be aware of. So thank you again so much for joining us. And you really do not have to be insane to do it. <laughs> really, 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 that is really not true. It is so much fun there. Really, absolutely. So you recommend it to everybody to go run yeah. down from EBC all the way down to Namche. Yeah, and the altitude meters is about, I think, 1,000 altitude meters or something. So it is also some climbing, but it's just fun, really, with each other. And it's, it's the highest uh, marathon of the world. So that's right. It is the highest marathon in the entire world. I don't think you can find one any higher. That's for sure. There's not <laughs> one with a higher starting point. No. Nope. One who's going <laughs> higher up, but no. <laughs> no, it's cool. Really, thank you for inviting me. And thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. No, thanks. <laughs> And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I have no idea what next week is going to be. I do have a couple interviews tentatively scheduled, but with getting the kids back to school and it being like the last week of the summer, it's been really hard for me to kind of schedule anything. But hopefully I do have an interview for next week or I'll think of some type of interesting topic. Until next time, you guys, thank you so much for listening and climb your own climb. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the All About Everest podcast. We would love it if you would rate, subscribe, and follow wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find us on social media at All About Everest podcast or at Mama Bear Outdoors. You can support our podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or by buying us a coffee. Until next time. <laughs>